And let's turn to Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9. I'm thankful to be saved this morning. And uh, y'all bear with me. The Lord's just pricking at my heart this morning. I'm thankful for people like Miss Judy Weber, who's... When I was young, my mama passed away, and Miss Judy Weber stepped in, and she has been a mama to me. She has labored in my life, and she has brought me this truth right here. She has worked so hard to teach me what it means to be a Christian, and I feel so thankful for that this morning. I just, I praise the Lord for how good he is. Like I said, y'all, y'all just bear with me. I, I don't get ashamed about Shedding tears over just how good the Lord is, you know. Amen. That's right, Brother Fred. You know, my son asked me not long ago, he said, Daddy, do you ever cry? And I said, I do sometimes when the Lord really gets hold of my heart and I think about what he's done. Yeah, I cry. Um, I cry. But I'm thankful to be here this morning. I'm excited to preach God's word again. I want to preach this morning on on uh, on laboring in the Lord's work this morning. So let's read starting in... Uh, Verse number 35 of chapter number 9. Verse number 35. The Bible says, And and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want to preach this morning on that idea of of, uh, laboring for the lost. Let's pray together this morning. Father, Lord, I just feel so blessed to be in your house this morning. Lord, what a privilege it is that we can that we can meet here and that we can preach your word and that we can just lift your name, Father, of how good you are. And God, I just I just pray this morning that you will give us a burden, Lord, for the laws. Lord, I pray that you would grab hold of our hearts. I pray that you would get our minds focused on eternity, Lord. I pray that you would draw us so near to you, Lord, so that we put out all the things of this world out of our mind and out of our heart. But, Lord, let us just keep our focus on you this morning, Lord, and and, uh, and that you would work in our life and that you would use us as vessels for your purpose, Father. Lord, help me as I preach your word this morning. And bless us throughout this day, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So, like I said, I want to preach this morning on <clears throat> laboring for the lost. You know, I'm I'm glad to be born again. I got saved when I was 13 years old. Uh, and I got saved because somebody uh, labored in my life to bring the gospel to me. If you have been born again, it's because somebody took the time to take God's word and to share that with you. It might have been a mama. It might have been a daddy. It might have been a friend. It could have been a, a, a video that you saw online. Somebody could have taken the time to write up a track and give that to you. But somebody took the time. Somebody took the effort where they had been shared truth with them to know just how good it is, as Brother Ken Snow has told us all about this morning, and want to share that with somebody else. 
And I want to I want to challenge you this morning and I want to remind you this morning, if you're if you're saved, just how important that it is that we share the gospel with other people. Uh, you know, I know in my life I can look at, at how God has blessed me and and I have so many uh, wonderful comforts that that I enjoy, and and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to have uh, the Bible and and that be legal where we live here, um, to be able to read God's Word and to learn it. It's a wonderful thing to come to church around other believers, other people that uh, that are like-minded, brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, it, maybe you work with people um, uh, like I do that are also. Um, that are open to talking about the Word of God, that you can talk back and forth about those things. And sometimes we just settle right in to the comfort of what it means to be born again. And, and we just, we kind of live in that, forgetting just how many people right outside the door, and maybe in here this morning, that are broken and that are hurting and that, that are, that want to know what truth is. And need somebody to actually labor in their life and to do that. Um, you know, it, it is not it is not just the job of the preacher or the pastor or the youth pastor, not just the job of the missionary uh, or the Sunday school teacher to share the gospel. But if you've been born again this morning, it is your job too, as a born again Christian, uh, to learn the word of God and then to share the word of God with the lost and a dying world. And so I, I, that's where I, I want our uh, focus to be on. So when we look here at, at what was going on, we see uh, through these past few chapters in the book of Matthew that uh, Jesus was uh, in the middle of, of his ministry performing many miracles. He was going out and, and he was healing the blind and, and uh, he was healing uh, uh, those that couldn't speak. And he was, uh, uh, he was performing all sorts of miracles in which mankind was looking on him and beginning to see truth uh, in him, yet when we come to this passage here, what we see uh, is we see compassion. We see a pity for these people. And I want to ask you this morning where your heart really lies in regards to the lost. When you are, are you looking in a pitiful fashion towards the lost this morning? Uh, if I were to ask you this morning, how much thought have you put in in this last week towards the lost? telling them about Jesus Christ and how he saves? Or have we been caught up in work, caught up in, in our bills, caught up in uh, uh, maybe uh, just uh, the fellowship of one another? But have we really been thinking about the loss, about just how broken this world really is? You know, most people go to hell. I don't, I don't know if we really let that uh, soak in our mind a whole lot. Most people, it's something I'm having to share with my children and get them to understand, most people don't believe the truth that we believe. Most people don't. Most people are going to reject Jesus Christ and die and go to hell. So that ought to, in a lot of ways, bring quite a bit of sadness to our hearts as Christians, shouldn't it? But yet, does it frequently? I mean, if you're being honest here in your own heart this morning, have you have you been brokenhearted this week over people dying and go to hell? Right here in Knoxville, Tennessee, all week people were dying. A lot of people went to hell. But how heartbroken were we over that? How much did that really bother us? And, and for me, maybe maybe you're all a lot more spiritual than me, and and y'all do a lot better job. But I, I mean, I, I'm preaching to myself this morning. There's lots of times that I get so excited about all the blessings God's done in my life and focused on those things that I forget that, that there's people in my workplace, people that, 
that I see every day, neighbors that I have, people that I encounter, you might run into at the Blue Light Special. People that are lost and in need of God's Word. Don't you remember what it was like when you first got saved? To, to just see how good that this was? To, to see that your sin has been forgiven? Some of you used to be in the same situation that they're in this morning. People that are hung over right now. People that are, that are, are still coming off being high this morning. That used to be you. But yet our heart so frequently is not even focused on them now. It's focused on us and our own comfort. Society has a way of trying to fit us into this box and trying to fit us into this system. And I don't know, uh, I guess just as Christians, we've dropped the ball, but we have just accepted as Christians that we can just be Christians and still fit into that, that world, uh, order, that, that box that is created, that, uh, our Christian faith is just added in there with that. But we have to be willing as Christians to be completely outside of that and to be willing to do and to go and to, and to do whatever it is that God would have us to do. We talked this morning, uh, on Philip in Acts chapter number eight and how Philip was in the middle of preaching and seeing God do things. And then God took Philip out into the desert. We have to be flexible and pliable and willing to to serve in whatever manner God would have us to do. But yet, so frequently it seems like our focus is not on being willing to do that if it takes us outside of our comfort zone. And we lose our focus on 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 the uh, the the truth that so many people are dying and going to hell. So Christ was performing miracles, yet when he looked at these people, he, he looked at them in a pitiful fashion. And so let, let's look at them ourselves here. Uh, verse 35 and 36, we'll read again. We're going to read these a couple times. It says, Jesus went about the city, about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted or scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So one thing we can say here is that these people were people that were waiting. Um, they had uh, heard of Jesus. They had uh, crossed paths with him. They had maybe come to see him. And they were looking uh, for something that was uh, going to give them help. You know, you can go down to the bookstore right now and find all types of self-help books. You can get on YouTube right now and find all kinds of videos on self-help, how to pick yourself up and how to help yourself. Um, it's one of the, the uh, top uh, selling um, categories of uh, uh, of books and videos is people try, people recognizing their need of help but not knowing where to get it. Yet we have it right here, but how frequently are we sharing it? We alight, we believe this, this lie that, that the devil wants to tell you that people don't want to hear the gospel from you. How many times have you been at the gas station or the grocery store and the Holy Spirit has spoke to you and told you, you need to talk to this person about the Lord. You need to share the gospel with this person. Yet the flesh says they don't want to hear it from me. I, I'm too scared. I'm not capable. Uh, that person, they, they don't want to hear what I have to say to them. They might yell at me. But those of us that have at times uh, tried to be obedient to God, we can uh, we can say just how true it is that times you go to people and you, you share the gospel with them and they receive it well because they're ready to receive it. 
because God's been working in their heart. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But not everybody don't believe the devil's lie that nobody wants you to help them. People people need the help. They're they're out there. They're waiting. They're looking for help. And we have the answers. It, I love our church. I love coming in here and being around uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. But we can't make just coming to church the uh, the the sole reason of our Christian faith. Not even uh, just studying the Word of God and that alone. There's a lot of people that have libraries full of of uh, uh, of great commentators and godly men that wrote books over the years. They know their Bible from front to back, yet they never go out and share the gospel with anybody. It's just as much a part of our life as Christians to do that because people are out there and they're waiting. But also we can see in verse number 36 that these were people that were uh, these were people that were weak as well. It says that they fainted. They were weak as well. Uh, somebody that is lost is in the bondage of sin. They they are wrapped up in it and they themselves cannot save themselves from it. If they're uh, in as deep as a hole that they're uh, an addict of some kind, um, it, it's even less likely that they can, out of their own ability, get themselves out of those things. There was a uh, a man that I, I work with recently whose son um, took his own life because he uh, had been struggling with drugs for such a long period of time. Uh, this the, the, that young man he was he wanted out, but his flesh was weak, couldn't get him out. The, the we need to understand that that these these lost people out here, they're not going to dress themselves up and get a bunch of stuff right and then come into church so you can then sit down beside them and share the gospel with them. But they're out there right now and they're dirty and they might be nasty. Uh, they might be as clean cut as they can be, but they also may not be. And we need to be open-minded and we need to have our, our hearts tender towards them to take the gospel to them, understanding that that's much more important than many of the other things that are going on in our life. They're weak and they're in need. We, if Christ had compassion on them, shouldn't we? If Jesus had compassion on the law, shouldn't we? So they, they were waiting. They were also weak, but then they were also, it says they were sheep having uh, no shepherd. They were scattered abroad. They were wandering. They were just wandering around. Uh, it doesn't take very much effort to find a dozens, you know, if not hundreds and hundreds of different uh, um, religions, doctrinal beliefs within quote-unquote Christianity, uh, and people jump from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and, and, and uh, they're wandering around because they don't know where to go because they're being pulled here and they're being pulled there. But in my experience, what I have seen is if you take the Word of God and you just start shooting straight with somebody, not beating around the bush, not arguing about silly things, but just dealing with them directly about the truth, that they uh, are born into sin, that they cannot fix their sin, that God is holy, that God is pure, and they can never enter into his presence being in their sinful condition, that Christ loved them enough that he died for them and paid for their sin, and that if they will put their faith in him, believing that he died for their sin, rose from the dead, that they can become a child of God and just shoot them straight with that in love and tenderly and compassion then people are, are willing, it's like, well, it's not like they do. God, the Holy Spirit opens their eyes, opens their heart, and they realize that this person is, is sharing the truth with me. But they're out there and they're just wandering around looking for something. I, I mean, even even folks that are not looking for truth, they're looking for satisfaction. They're looking for some type of fulfillment of some sort in their life. And many people find it in uh, in drugs or in alcohol 
uh, or other addictions or they find it in relationships or they find it in in their job or or, uh, or anything else that they may make an idol of in their life. And what I'm trying to really get us to understand this morning is that we can't get so wrapped up in our own comfort of being a Christian to forget that the lost are out there dying and going to hell. Y'all do remember hell's forever, right? Forever. Uh, it's eternity. Yet we're we're not even focused like we should be so many times. Again, I may not be preaching to you this morning. I may just be preaching to me, but it's helping me this morning. But also verse number 36, it says here that they were as a sheep having no shepherd. They had no leadership. They had they had uh, no one to to help them out and, and to guide them to do that. You know. Have you ever I know there's been times I've heard Christians say that, well, I just I'm not able to share the gospel with people. That's not my thing. Um, but I just pray that, uh, you know, I try to live right in front of them and pray God will send somebody. You are the somebody if you're in their life. God may use another person. But if you're in a lost person's life and you have some type of road into their heart that they're willing to talk to you about serious matters, then you ought to talk to them. If you stumble all over yourself, talk to them anyway. Trust the Holy Spirit to do the work. Quit worrying about you and just trust God and go after it. They don't have any leadership. We have to be willing as Christians to stand in front of this lost and dying world and say, you need help? I have help. You need truth? I have it right here. You need guidance in your life. You've gotten, maybe uh, a Christian has gotten astray. Let's get right back in here. I can help you. I want to pray for you. I want to guide you in the right direction. As Christians, really, we should be like leaders in folks' lives. People ought to look to us and say, that's a person of character. That's a person of honesty. That's a person of integrity. Isn't that all things that the secular world tries to tell you about leaders? Uh, that that's what is found in characteristics of a leader, but that's what we find is really the characteristics of a good uh, biblical Christian, how we ought to live. People ought to look at us and, and know that we can lead them in a good direction. So that was the, the first thing I want to look at here is, is this multitude of people here. The, the lost are dying and going to hell every day, and our mind must not be taken off of that. It, we have to remember how good God was to us, that somebody shared the gospel with us, and we have to do it with others as well. But then also the second thing here is I want us to look at the laborers. It says in verse uh, number 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Now I want to throw something at you here before we jump into this. In verse number 37, it says the harvest. Verse 38, it says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. The word harvest is mentioned three times here. Uh, harvesting uh, a crop is when you're going out and you're gathering something that has already been grown, already come to fruition, and is ready to be picked. Uh, Brother Toby, some of y'all might have heard him preach, uh, me and my wife don't have much to harvest because apparently we're hippies that won't use seven dust on our garden. Uh, <laughs> But while he's been gone, I've been going to his garden, been going to his garden and taking his stuff. We have to wash it real good. It's got that seven dust all over it, but we we bring it on home. But when we were going out there and and uh, taking stuff out of his garden, those, those uh, beans and the okra, those things were ready to be picked. They had grown and they were there. What I had to do was walk up and pick it. 
And I knew they were there because Brother Toby said, well, actually, it was Miss Leah said, all y'all have to do is go out there and pick it. It's ready. It's there. Go out there and just pick it. Just take it. So that's what that's what we did. The harvest is is already out there. It's ready. The hearts of people are are already tender to receive the gospel. Uh, again, we we so we're thinking that nobody wants to hear it when the truth is they won't say it out loud, but they're begging that somebody will come to them and share with them truth. They need peace in their life. They need they need happiness in their life. They need joy in their life. But we're believing the devil's lie that that uh, we're the one that has to go out and that we're the one that has to make that grow in their heart. When we can't do that anyway, it's the Holy Spirit's job to do that in their heart. So looking at these labors, a few things uh, I'm going to flip over here. You can to the end of Matthew looking here at the Great Commission, uh, verse number 19 in chapter 28. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We've used this scripture quite a bit in instructing what we ought to do as Christians. Uh, and I think it's a good instruction on what we ought to look at as wanting to be laborers in God's work. I want to remind you again that uh, it is not just my job um, to uh, labor in God's work. And it's not just... Uh, Pastor Toby's job, um, but it is also yours. And if you're saved, let's look at this. Verse 19, the first thing, it says, go, do something. Go out and do something. Uh, expecting the lost to come in here, they do come in here and people get saved. And I praise God for it. Well, we ought to go out into the world and share the gospel with the lost. We ought to go out looking for opportunities. I think a lot of Christians are just saying, well, I'm glad I'm saved, and if I have to share the gospel with somebody, I would if it, like, fell in my lap and was just really easy and open for me to do. But what I think that we see here is an instruction that we need to go out looking for opportunities to share the gospel with people. I mean, if you meet somebody, one of the first things I do uh, whenever I meet somebody new on a job site is I let them know I'm a Christian for two reasons. One, it usually eliminates a lot of the, uh, just the nasty talk that comes out of them. Um, and two, uh, I like to open that. I like to tr try to open a little road right there to, to talk to them about the gospel. Um, it gives me an opportunity to try to do that. But we ought to be Christians ought to be people of action, not just people that sit and receive a lot of. Uh, and I'm sure you all hear this a lot, but folks that will uh, be going around looking for different churches, they'll say, well, I'm wanting to find a church that has something that it can offer me. Something it can give me when what I see is that uh, what I ought to be doing as a Christian, going out and looking for what I can do, what action I can take for the Lord. What if you're looking for a church, a place that I, that I can serve, that I can uh, be involved and do things um, and not just be content receiving, but actually going out. So we see this instruction to go. Um, but then also it says to teach all nations, baptizing them. Um, we ought, we have to go out, but then we got to share the gospel with them. We got to uh, be active in leading them to Christ. And then, uh, thirdly, uh, it says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Uh, this is a little bit of off of what we're talking about, uh, with the loss directly, but let me say this as well. Um, uh, when we do labor for the Lord, 
or maybe someone else has labored in, in a person's life, you know, and they have been born again, then as Christians, we don't just stop at that point. We need to be discipling people and actually teaching them what it means, how to study God's word, what it means to pray and the power that's in prayer, what it, the importance of going to church and having fellowship with other believers, as well as going out and sharing the gospel with other people and taking part uh, in doing that as well. But um, that ought to be part of it as well. But then also, Jesus says here in the end of verse 20, I'm with, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Uh, he brings to, he brings to focus here, um, that there is a, uh, there is a point in which time as we know things right now will come to an end. When Christ returns, uh, there will be a lot, a lot of things that will change at that point. Um, and our mind ought not get off of eternity, but it ought to stay right there. I can't remember who the, the preacher was. Some of you um, golden age people, is that how I should say it? Uh, uh, but either way, I heard a preacher say one time that we ought to pray that God would just stamp our eyeballs with eternity. And that, our, our, that we ought to, everything we look at, we ought to we ought to realize how brief time really is, uh, but that our focus ought to be on the eternal things. Um, I had uh, I had text Brother Taylor yesterday um, about a uh, about a tractor that I got recently. Um, I haven't told you about this, Dad. I'll tell you about it later. But I just bought this tractor I was really excited about, and I think I'm gonna have to make major repairs to it. And uh, I'll be honest with you, it has eat up my mind. I mean, I have, I've told Rachel probably a dozen times, I'm not going to worry about it. It just, it doesn't matter, you know. And then I'll go out and walk around the driveway for a little while and just shake my head and pray. And, you know, but, but the truth about this is it really, do, it really doesn't matter. You know, it, it's something that's important to me. But at the end of the day, what does matter is back what we have said. People are dying and going to hell every single day. Uh, what matters is that I'm sharing the gospel with people. All these trivial things in life, they don't ultimately end up mattering. What matters is that our, that we remember that Christ is always with us as Christians and that that uh, that, it, that we can go out and share the gospel uh, with others. Our mind ought to be on heaven and on hell and on Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel. Um, let me say a couple things about this with laboring. Uh, I think laboring, one, means uh, that we ought to be willing to give our time. Um, maybe you say, well, I want to do things for the Lord. I just don't really know what I should do. You don't really have to know what to do. You can start with just saying, uh, well, I guess I can find out what the church needs, and I'm willing to sacrifice some time. It's hard to serve God, if not completely impossible, if you don't sacrifice things in your life. You have to, at times, sacrifice money. There's times you have to sacrifice uh, uh, your time. There's times that you have to sacrifice uh, uh, what your... Uh, your own pride, if you want to call it that. Your flesh won't want you to do things. You've got to be willing to just put yourself out there for the sake of Christ. There's a lot of sacrifices required as a Christian, and in many people's lives it's required their entire life. Um, but we have to be willing to, to give time towards the Lord and towards uh, the Lord's work. But I'd also say that uh, the devil likes to creep in minds and tell people that they're not skilled or that they're not able to do things. Um, and I'll tell you, I'm right there with you. I'm not skilled in a lot of things either. But what I have learned as a Christian is what is required of me is obedience. Um, I don't have to bring to God a great talent, although God does give people great talents and he can use those things. But what God wants from me is for me to say, God, here I am for whatever your purpose is in my life. Wherever you want to send me, I'm willing to go. 
whatever you want, whatever you want out of me, I'm willing to do it, God. Whatever that means, here I am. He wants the he wants obedience uh, from us. But then also, I want to encourage you, uh, as I'm trying to encourage you in laboring for the Lord, to remember that uh, just how good it is to see God work in our life. I, I think a lot of our young generation um, has really missed the mark on what when we try to have encouraged them to live for the Lord. Um, there's a lot of time I could spend on this that I won't. I've thought about it as a, as a uh, youth pastor. But I think a lot of young young people think that serving the Lord is just a matter of following a bunch of rules. And I think that they have really missed seeing the hand of God working in, in their life because they don't really understand what it means to truly live as a Christian, which is kind of what we preached on a little bit last Sunday morning. But when when we just give ourselves to the Lord and just trust God and just follow after him, then we can see God actually do things in our life we see those lost folks get saved we see lives that are changed and transformed and and families that are that are uh, put back together and and uh people that were maybe uh, addicted to something that become clean and god work in miraculous ways and i don't know about you but i want to be a part of that i want to i want to be able to see god do those things so we have that focus there on on the multitude and then on the laborers. And then lastly, um, the instruction that Jesus gives about prayer. It says in verse 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Um, I want to encourage you and remind you just how powerful that prayer is. Uh, how wonderful is it that we can that we can talk directly to the creator of the universe, that we can go directly to him, that he that he knows Every hair on my head, or lack thereof. She's laughing at me before I even got it out there. That the fact that God know that, that He cares about all of these things in our life. That even the, what seems so. There uh, used to be a fellow that I'd work with that, um, um, when I'd, I'd mention something, I'd say, you know, I, this is a prayer request. It's just a big thing, and and he his response would always be, "Do we serve a little bitty God? We serve a big God. He can handle the big thing." Um, but prayer is a powerful tool. But I'll say, I'll say, working for the Lord, one, we need to pray intentionally. Um, something I always try to get the young people to understand about prayer is be specific about your prayer. Uh, be spe- talk specifically about things you want to see God do, and be intentional about it. Set time aside every day to go to the Lord and to share these things with God. But also, I'll say we need to pray through times of discouragement. There's times that we. Everything makes sense to us that God would answer a prayer, maybe regarding a lost person or someone that has gotten out of God's will. And to us, it makes perfect sense if God will just answer this prayer. We can see how God would get glory from that. But God knows much more than we do. And we just have to trust him in that. And we have to pray through these times, maybe in which we're discouraged when we're trying to labor for the Lord. I also say we need to pray with expectation, knowing that God desires uh, to answer our prayer and knowing that God will answer prayers. Again, sometimes that, that answer may be no, uh, but God does answer prayer and we ought to pray with the expectation of that. And then lastly, we ought to pray frequently for, uh, to the Lord about these things. Uh, bringing all this back around, it is so good to be saved, knowing, knowing that when the, when the day comes, if that day comes, that I draw my last breath, that, that I will spend eternity with my savior when i look at myself i mean come on you look at yourself 
You see your failures. You see your sin. You see how unworthy you are of salvation. But yet he saved me anyway. Yet he he made a way that I could that I could be forgiven and that I could spend eternity with him. And how wonderful that is. But we have to be looking for opportunities to share this with other people. If you're not if you're not. uh, Maybe you're not real experienced sharing the gospel with other people. Share your testimony with them. If you're saved, God's done something in your life. So you, you can tell them about that. And I'm willing to bet you can tell them a lot more that God's done in your life since you've been saved on top of that. So I want to encourage you this morning. Look, look at yourself. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you this morning. Are you really focused on the loss this morning or have you got your eyes on other things? Let's bow our heads and we'll close in prayer. The piano player comes up. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to preach. Lord, I uh, all over the place this morning, but I just trust that the Holy Spirit will do uh, do the perfect work in the hearts of, of all of us, Lord. God, deal with us this morning. Lord, let us let us really consider and have the same compassion that you have, Lord, towards the lost. And let us not just fall into the comforts that you've blessed us with, but, Lord, let us keep our eyes on you. God, thank you for being so good. I pray that you bless us during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.